At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's about as useful as a backstage pass to Limp Biscuit, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings. We're available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Pictures get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's just the kind of average Joe the world needs. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She's our new BPFFAE. It's Alice! <laughs> G'day, g'day. I am so Best honored. Best friend forever and ever. Best podcast Aww. friend forever and ever. Oh, I didn't yeah. even hear the P. That's right. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? You might exclude Alice to simply a podcast best friend. I consider her the coutrement of best friends. Nice. So, I like it. I like it. Stop um, it, guys. You're going to give me a big head. <laughs> Oh, stop it. Uh, we are excited to uh, come to you and talk about a couple movies. Uh, one that came out last week that we didn't get a chance to uh, mention, but apparently everybody watched because it made like 80 million last weekend, uh, yeah. which is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, so we are going to review that. And uh, then we're going to talk about Fantastic Beasts, new movie, the third in the series, I believe, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear about this new Dumbledore character and uh, what's going on in their life. <laughs> Uh, our best ever challenge this week is going to be best ever strange animal movies. Movies that have strange animals in them. This is a pretty broad Biggest category. Category. Yeah. Oh my god! I had to stop myself from having fifty like honorable. Mentions. Yeah. So we'll talk about it more when we get there. I kind of gave myself a little more handcuffs on this one to kind of keep it to a general idea for me. But obviously, there's so too. there are so many movies you could do, and I. And, 
I will not be vetoing anybody's choices. Feel free to put whatever you want in this list. I will say this, though. I did put limits on myself because there are a couple franchises that I tend to mention every single week. Sure. And sure. I'm like, you know what? Just imagine those are my number twos and my number one and mm-hmm. uh, everything else. But I just wanted to give shout outs to these other movies because I mm. feel they deserve the light. Yeah. Yep. For once. Yep. So uh, we will definitely talk about that. Of course, we'll do some buried treasure as well. If you guys are ready, we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off by talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Life or death situation. I need you to use the ring to save me. Like right now. No, my God. Oh, boy. Ah, Hawaii. I just hope we're not too late. Oh, Lord, there are two of them now. What's happening? Uh, Okay, quick version. Robotnik is back. I discovered the source of ultimate power. We need to get it back or the world is doomed. You rock some kind of... Space porcupine. I am an echidna warrior. After settling in Green Hills, Sonic is eager to prove he has what it takes to be a true hero. His test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns, this time with a new partner, Knuckles, in search for an emerald that is the power to destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a globe-trotting journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. A globe-trotting. Yeah, yeah, globe-trotting. I will say, after reading that, uh, it does bring to mind one of the things I wanted to say, and we'll start here and then get uh, kind of your initial rating. It amazes me how much this these movies are the video games. Like how much like they are really making the video games into a plot. You read that plot and you're like, that's a plot for the video game. You know, like it's yeah. it's pretty amazing. Uh, what do you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Alice, go first. I really, really, really liked it. I don't want to say love just because I like full bias i went with a, the perfect group of people oh that's so fun. i had the best time we laughed our asses off the entire time yeah. so i'll wait till i watch it at home and then <laughs> now i'm in really liked it <laughs> very nice uh andrew what about you I'm very close to saying I really liked it. I could be convinced to pull the trigger on that, but I'll just go with liked it for now. We're we're in simpatico, guys. Uh, I really liked this movie. Um, high side, I liked it. High high side, I liked it. Um, I don't want to throw it into to loved it, and I think the reason for that is primarily just because it's it's just there's nothing spectacular about it. Like it's it's not something I walk away from going oh. I have been moved, you know, or I walk away from going, oh, that was so cool. Like there are moments of kind of both of those things in smaller degrees, but it's just a movie that knows what it is, sets out to do what it's going to do and does it really Mm -hmm. well. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's all you need to have a really great experience. So it's more than most video game movies can say. Yes. Yes. Uh, Alice, continue. Uh, Pour some love on uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, yeah. So. 
I um, went with my old share house group uh, because we went to see the first one all together because they all grew up playing Sonic mm-hmm. as kids. And so when this one was coming out, we were like, well, we all have to go. And we all actually happen to have matching like jumpers or sweaters, I should say. Nice. Just um, So we went to the movies wearing our matching sweaters and we sat and it was, like I said, we laughed the entire time. It was the most enjoyable movie experience I've had yet this year. Um, and it was just, it was just so much fun. Like it was, everything was just so much fun. I finished the movie. I'd had a great time. Um, speaking of moments that you, where you go, oh, that's so cool. I know that, yeah, it definitely wasn't. And that's why I'm reticent to say I loved it too. Mm -hmm. But that post credit scene had my partner, Toby, literally jumping out of his seat. I will just say that if you're a fan of the Sonic games, he was so excited by that. So there, that it pretty much almost hit there. But the rest of it, I basically, the best way I can summarize it is that this movie is just a huge meme. And if you're in the right mood and if you're willing to just let it take you, mm-hmm. you will have a great time. Yeah, I agree. Andrew, thoughts? Uh, ben Schwartz was just born to play, I guess, Sonic. I, I really like, I like everybody in this mm. movie. Um, Jim Carrey is always, oh my God. like, he was amazing last time. But he, I think he's he's really just given himself to this character even more in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just think Carrey's the best, and I wish he hadn't retired after this. It yeah. broke my heart when I read that. Um, uh, and... I love this interpretation of Knuckles, you know, <laughs> the Idris Elba, the, uh, the mighty warrior, everything is very serious, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I will vanquish my foes during a baseball game, stuff like that. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll eat that kind of, you know, over, uh, dramatic, you know, stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And if it's Idris Elba's voice, then yeah, just sign me up. Yeah. And I like Tails too. Tails is adorable. Yeah. 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 And Tails uh, is voiced by somebody I hadn't really heard uh, a lot uh, from. Colleen O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. yeah. O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. yeah. She's the only of the original cast from the video games to be ported over into the movies. I guess they were just like, I mean, Idris Elba makes sense as Knuckles, you know, obviously Jim Carrey's Robotnik. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, having um, Jean Ralphio as Sonic, like you wouldn't think that makes sense, but it does. Oh, Ben, ben um, Schwartz but, is, is so good. I, he's yeah. one of my he's favorite so people good. right now. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. But I guess with Tails, they were just like, let's just let's just get the original well, one. I, I don't see anyone else doing better. Well, I, I mention it because I love that. I, I love that when in voice work, you don't necessarily have to celebrity cast. And really, Ben Schwartz isn't really a celebrity casting. He's a mm. character casting. He is cast really well as Sonic. Um, and, uh, and I'm not saying Ben Schwartz doesn't have a level of celebrity. I'm just saying it's not like you're putting, you know, Tom Holland as Sonic or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes that's kind of how it feels. Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the for the right answer example of what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, I really love the voice casting in this. I mm-hmm. I would watch Jim Carrey make one of these movies every year. I, I am just I'm so yep. thankful that he's working in this kind of area again where he's just going all out. He's I, I just watch him do this stuff and I'm like, you know, there have been many imitators over the year of his energy, his pliability, kind of what he does. I don't think anybody 
has nailed it the way he does. It feels oh, no. so perfect when he's, he's in that mode. Yeah, yeah, it's just there's that's something I'm, beautiful that's I'm about so it. Upset. I'm like, well, <laughs> don't I actually reti- don't retire, so- Jim. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I actually, because I was looking up on the third movie afterwards, because again, that post credit scene, I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, what's happening? And um, the filmmakers had been asked a lot, like, are you going to recast Robotnik now that Jim Carrey is really strongly considering retirement, blah, blah, blah. And they were basically like, absolutely not. We will not recast Robotnik. But they said there's a, they have a very strong feeling that he will return for a third one. Like, he won't do anything else, but he will come back for the next one because he just has so much fun doing the character. And I would love that because he honestly... The movie's great, but he just makes it that extra little bit special. Like, mm-hmm. literally the goat. Every time he's on screen, I'm having the best time. There's a bit in the movie where he does his, like... Grinch laugh, mm-hmm. and I, my heart exploded from happiness. I just, I love him so much. And so, mm-hmm. if you want to retire, man, I'm like, I'll be really sad. Totally get it. Uh, I'll be really sad, but please just come back for the third one. Yeah. Please just, <laughs> just finish it off. Please, let Jim me have Perry. my happy little trilogy and then go and live your best life painting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What an, what an interesting guy, you know, to follow his mm-hmm. career and, to watch him pursue like the awards and dramatic acceptance and love from his peers and to be so denied by that and how it impacted him. And I, you know, he's talked a little bit about it, uh, but it's, it's just one of those things where I have so much respect for somebody who can rocket to stardom like that and just, you know, become the, like the face of, you know, $20 million actors, right? Like that was the whole thing when he had that big one, two, three year. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. was getting $20 million to go do movies or whatever. And, um, and somebody who can handle that and come out the other side, uh, even somewhat coherent, <laughs> insane. Uh, and he has, he's, he's really, his career is really interesting to me. And I, you know, um, I'm I'm really glad to see him finding some some contentment, some peace, some joy in the the Sonic yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's really fun. Mm. I, I actually think James Marsden is really great in this role too. He's just kind of that perfect, yeah. you know, he's, just kind of dad character. Found, found yeah. his niche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a my my. I say my problem is just if if I do have one complaint about this movie, it's I think that the Marsden, you know future brother and not brother-in-law but you know the sister-in-law and that whole hawaii thing Mm -hmm. didn't go anywhere really right it was just comic relief yeah 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 but i enjoyed it it's just so it's just so you have a break every now and then from you know yeah i agree by the way it was the one part that didn't work for me either i think natasha rothwell is funny i think she's great uh i think that character feels a little forced into the story to me i think it feels like one of those things like oh people loved this character from the first one and some of the things that happened mm. with that. So let's design something in the script uh, for this character in this one. Um, and Sh- Shamar Moore, I, I just, I, I wasn't buying it. I don't know what it was. I just, I wasn't really connected to what he was doing. Um, but yeah, that was really kind of the only thing in this movie that just kind of lost me a little bit. So yeah, yeah. But everybody else I like. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a weird weird tangent but i still had fun with like all the random bits like the really tiny you know weapons and mm-hmm. um you know the way they have to kind of do their own sort of side mission and kind of be like oh yeah these characters exist let's let them do something mm-hmm. um like i mean yeah it was it just kind of i feel like when that whole um 
sequence ended, there was a part of us where we were all like, oh, yeah, why were we there so long? Let's get back to the real story. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it was just a bit of fun. And to be honest, that's kind of just the movie. It's like, it's just fun. Like, And I I already said this, but, you know, this isn't a movie that's trying to go down, like you said, Aaron. It's not meant to be something that really moves you or go down as one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, it's it's not trying to be that. It's just kind of, it's Sonic, the movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the games well ported over into a coherent movie that actually, one thing I will say in terms of positives as well is that it seems to have nailed its Easter eggs because mm-hmm. every few minutes my like Toby was just like <gasps> like he just kept gasping next to me and I was like oh is this a thing from the games because I didn't play <laughs> I didn't play it so I'm just having a good time mm-hmm. but he was like oh yeah for example the um I will say the design there's an Eggman robot and the design yeah. of that is something that was apparently extremely accurate and it was like perfect representation um, yeah. including yeah so that was just something that got everyone very excited, especially mm-hmm. because it's such a big part of the games, apparently, too. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I, I've heard often about this movie, uh, and I, I think it, it sums up a lot of things really well, that Jeff Fowler, the director, understood the assignment. You know, like, he yeah. understood what what to do. You know, there's there was the the poster for the movie looks just like the the cover for Sonic the mm. Hedgehog 2, the video game. You know, like, just these just these little things that you don't have to get. You know, like, it's not like um, the World of Warcraft thing that I've talked about where, like, Hmm. I go and see that movie. It's like, okay, that was a reference, but I don't get it. Like, they're not so in your face that, like, if you don't get them, you're going to be confused. But they're there and they're easy to pick up on. And I didn't play a lot of Sonic. I was a Nintendo kid. And um, but, you know, the ones I I catch are fine. And the ones I miss, I don't even know that I'm missing them, really. Um, Mm. So, yeah, like the egg. And you get enough. You're like, oh, that's probably a reference. So then I would just be like, was that a reference? And then he'd be like, yeah, that was a reference. And I'd be like, cool. Anyway, back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) A little, a a literal robotic Easter egg uh, in in this one, apparently. Uh, Other thoughts? Uh, Andrew, we haven't heard from you for a while. What's some of the other stuff you wanted to say? Well, as it was mentioned, there was a post credit scene. So. Yes, yes, there is a post-credit mid mid scene, I guess. So. Yeah, how yeah. how dare you steal mid-credit. that, Alice? That is the one thing I'm Andrew sorry. looks forward to. I got one Every, job, one job he has to do, and you <laughs> take it from him. Well, we have another movie. We have another movie. Yeah. Well, I uh, I actually there's one character that I really wish got more screen time, and that was Doctor Stone. I <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted I wanted Robotnik to have a Wilson in this movie. You mm-hmm. know, he'd been stuck in Mushroom Planet for so long that I just wanted him to have a little Wilson that he carried around with him and, you know, talked to. Yeah. Yeah. But he has the real, oh my gosh, that whole bit in the burrito, like the burrito Oh, the barista. Scene, yeah. That was gold. Like when he's, you know, there's a bit where he's making it and he gets emotional. Oh uh-huh. my goodness. I could not stop laughing, honestly. Yeah. But um, in terms of, like, you know, I'm obviously saying how high I am on this movie. One thing that I was a bit like, "Mm," there were a lot, I feel like almost more pop culture references than in the last one. And they were dated in this, like, watching it now, which I don't know if that was intentional in that, oh, they're dated now, so Mm -hmm. they won't date later. Yeah. But there was just so many and I noticed it at some point. I'm just like, oh, you don't need to do that. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I think my only other thing I would want to say is this is one of those movies that 
really walks that nice little balance be- between, yeah, being a movie that kids will enjoy and kind of a family movie, but anybody can go to and have a good time. Like there's, you know, there's enough going on. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that thing where they're doing a bunch of jokes that, you know, are purposely supposed to go over the kids' mm. heads or whatever. There are a couple of those, um, you know, word plays, but, um, but for the most part, yeah, I just think it's kind of one of those movies that everybody's just going to enjoy. Uh, if you can mm-hmm. find your way into that space. And if not, that's fine too. If it's not something you like, then, you know, don't spend your time with it. But man, I had, I had a really good time with Sonic. If you'd have told me the Sonic the Hedgehog movies were going to be some of my favorite movies, um, uh, over the the last few years, that would have that would have really surprised me. But uh, but yeah, here we are. Especially after that first trailer. Not that you would have seen it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was certainly aware of the public discourse that Sonic looked yeah. terrible or something, or had teeth. Um, maybe yeah. sure. you or had something. to have gone online and seen the original design by now. I'm not sure. I maybe. Um, I'm You'd sure. You'd remember. I've... You would remember if you did. <laughs> it would be haunting my it, nightmares. It, the teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The teeth. The teeth. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, then maybe it I was, haven't seen he it. He had maybe like weird human teeth. And then, I, and again, you know what? That for me, perfect representation of this movie. They they were like, okay, our bad. We'll go back and we'll fix it. And they did. And now the design of him and Tails and Knuckles, it's so much better. Yeah. Um, and so like, and that's another thing. I also really liked Knuckles. I thought he was like kind of cute in his anger angerness. Mm-hmm. it really reminded me of my puppy and i was like oh you're a little cutie that could kill me if he wanted to and that was like a perfect representation of him yeah. um but yeah no i i just think you're right it is it is just fun and like yeah you could comment on on all like small little tidbits here and there but i i actually think as well it's a great sequel to the first one too so yeah. the i feel like if you want to know if you're going to enjoy this movie if you enjoyed the first one and you want more of that, that is very much what the sequel is. It's it doesn't have sequelitis. I think I almost enjoyed it more. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew has been kind enough to uh, link me uh, in our uh, chat to the original Sonic, uh, and wow, that's a different look. Um, that mm-hmm. is that is a monster. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That is a monster. It's even more terrifying in motion as opposed to just even a single picture. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back and you watch the original trailer, like him yeah. walking and moving around and talking. Yeah. It's way yeah, too it, human. It, it's just way too human is what it is. Mm, it, feel, it feels yeah. like. The teeth. Yeah. It feels the like teeth, some. Yeah. It, it feels like a human child wearing a, a really intense sonic suit. Um, yeah. That's that's wild. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh Thank you for the nightmares I will have for the, for the next few <laughs> I was going to say, enjoy Appreciate the nightmares, that. Aaron. Appreciate that. Uh, let's try to to wrap that grotesque creature out of our mind by talking about other grotesque creatures and beautiful ones. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm sorry to disturb you, Albus, but I've just received troubling news. Tell me, what is it? It's Grindelwald. The time is closed, my brothers and sisters. Our war with the Muggles begins today! The world as we know it is coming undone. If we're to defeat him, you'll have to trust me. Mr. Kowalski, we need you. I said I want an out and I want out. Ah! You do know I'm a witch, right? Dumbledore asked that I give you something, Jacob. 
In an effort to thwart Grindelwald's plans of raising pureblood wizards to rule over all non-magical beings, Albus Dumbledore enlists his former student Newt Scamander, who agrees to help, though he's unaware of the dangers that lie ahead. Lines are drawn as love and loyalty are tested even among the truest friends and family in an increasingly divided wizarding world. Uh, this is Wizarding World of Harry Potter and uh, still going movie number three in the Fantastic Beasts series. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew kicks off. Uh, it, it's it's known by now that I'm not really a, a Wizarding World fan, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't, especially for this Fantastic Beasts. Uh, so I didn't like this one. Uh, Alice, what about you? I cannot describe how much I hated this movie. Oh, I'm so excited. So, but you're going to try, right? Yeah. You're going to try. <laughs> I'm gonna going t- to you're try. You're going to try to describe how much you hated this movie. I was angry leaving this movie. Wow. And I well, was angry leaving the last one. So. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. it, it, it pains me to say then uh, I think this is okay. I think it's uh, maybe even high side of okay. Uh, I there, It's certainly the best one for me um, of the three. I feel like it's more cohesive what? than the other two. I feel like the plot makes more sense than the other two. Um, and I feel like I'm connected to the characters in a more interesting way um, than the other one. So shocker um now now is the fun part (laughs) now is the fun part where my hey this movie was kind of okay turns into aaron loved the movie uh yeah (laughs) i did not i did not love the movie we will talk about all the the flaws i'm sure uh alice will uh list them one by one and i will agree with them um but since i did apparently like it more than everybody else yeah what's so good about this movie Aaron? <laughs> what what makes this movie amazing man what makes this movie yeah. the best movie ever why is, dude? It, why is it your favorite movie of the year man why, why is this the best movie of all time um yeah, why are you going on the record with that <laughs> uh i don't know i i think for me these movies have to do one thing really well and i'm gonna be okay with them and that is the magic stuff has to be really cool. And there, there are just so few. Op- I was watching um, Sorcerer's Apprentice recently, the uh, the Disney one the with Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, with Nicolas Cage and Jay Baruchel, and it's a really fun movie. But I, I find it really fun mainly because it it has a lot of fun with the spells. It has a lot of interesting little different things that happen. And for me Harry Potter has never connected to me deeply on a like um you know a level of growing up or coming of age or that kind of stuff. It's really more connected to me on oh man, I love the idea of casting spells and magic and what that would look like in the real world and when you really start to think about any of that stuff none of it makes sense but you kind of have this like uh suspension of disbelief that you can go into these movies and just be like well you know if if there are ultra powerful spells that these people have why aren't they doing them all the time well you just kind of suspend your disbelief and you just go no because it's more fun right here if, if there's you know uh, a creature who whose neck turns into a hot air balloon. That's more fun right here than a different spell that might do the same thing. And so I watched this movie and there was moment after moment for me of, of fun like that, where it's like, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. That's really creative. I love what that spell does, what that creature does. I love the creature at the center of the plot in this one. I think it's a really interesting idea um, and, uh, and kind of how that uh, navigates what's going on here. So for me, when I watch a movie like this, if it's doing those things well, and I think this movie does those things well, 
Uh, I'm going to be able to suspend my disbelief and have a good time. Um, I think Jude Law's Dumbledore is really good. Uh, I really enjoy his presence. Um, I the the Newt, Scam- the Newt Scamander character is one I like for a specific reason. There are very few protagonists like him, and I I love that. He actually it, it is actually a little bit of that Jay Baruchel energy from Sorcerer's Apprentice, where it's a little bumbling, but not really. There's a competence there underneath the perceived nerdiness that is is kind of interesting to me. So I like that Newt Scamander uh, character. So yeah, I I mean if I like Newt and I like Albus, like. I, you know, the rest of it is is going to be fine. Um, I certainly have negatives. I'll let you guys get into that. But that kind of maybe explains why uh, I was okay watching this and, and had a decent enough time. Um, and would even say high side of okay, but not liked it. I didn't like this movie, guys. I didn't like this movie. It was okay. <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs> Do you guys have anything <laughs> to positive to say about it? Andrew, you, you liked it a little more than Alice. Um... <laughs> I, I actually the main thing that I was going to say is that yeah I agree with you I do like Jude Law just he has a presence about him that I think you know it, he carries himself away in these movies where you know whenever he talks everybody listens and mm-hmm. uh, he just really has that and I also kind of like the Dan Fogler character uh, I liked him more the very first movie that I saw the fan- fantastic because he was kind of like our in to this world, mm-hmm. you know, he was the the is it mogul or muggle? Muggle, I can't muggle, yeah. muggle, yeah. Muggle. He, yeah, <laughs> he is the muggle of the of the bunch, and just like us, so we get to see all this fantasticalness through his eyes. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, not. I laughed. There, I definitely laughed in this the movie. Swivel. Yeah, there's a swivel. There's a swivel. You know, bit. That was just so ridiculous. I, I didn't know if I was supposed to cringe, laugh, or just laugh, laugh. That was funny. And at the that, I and at that the end, that was funny. No, but at the I end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, I realized you know what? There's really not a difference between a cringe laugh and laugh laugh. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's incredibly stupid, but I'm still smiling. So, and that's really what's important. It's like, yeah, I'm smiling. This movie made me smile. Well, and it's exactly so. the kind of that that scene to me is the promise of of this property. The idea is that this character understands these crazy creatures so well that you know he has a different type of relationship to the animals of this universe he un, you know he studied them um yeah. and so and he's also you know willing to drop any pride to um you know interact with them in uh yeah. in the proper way so yeah yeah i liked it uh, Allison. yeah alice um, so, oh, I said Allison, sorry. I, I don't know why. No, that's okay. That's all good. It's, um, it's so early. I will say, so I, I agree. <laughs> it's late for me. I totally feel yeah. it. Same, 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 but different. Um, no, so for me, I agree. I like Jude Law. I think the chemistry between Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen is better than the chemistry between Jude Law and Johnny Depp. And having said that, I actually think I actually I do like Mads Mikkelsen more as a Grindelwald, but that's I think because I re I really like Mads Mikkelsen as an actor, period. Yeah. So I'm more willing to kind of be on board with him. I think he's fantastic. I I really like Jude Law seeing them against each other. I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I I I buy that more. And that is where it ends. Okay, getting into it. So as we know... <laughs> we are transitioning a- to the hate, ladies and gentlemen. Get yeah, your hate I'm umbrellas ready. 
The hate hail is coming. Say, um, technically, Andrew uh, Jacob is a nomad, not a muggle, because he's American. So that's just a little thing. And that right there can tell you that I am a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. I am the target audience here. So yeah. we are and- about to get into some high... <laughs> High level toxic fandom right now. This is this is about no, to go. No, not toxic. <laughs> what are, the reason I hated this movie, and I will admit, I think that this movie is better than the last one, but by like five percent, you know, like three percent. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I'm so angry at it is because of the emotional manipulation it used to try and win and buy its fans' love to try and be like. Look, we know we made a bad one the last time around. We're trying to fix it this time around. Please just like us. Please just like us. And it didn't work because there is a reuse, and you pr- might not know this, Andrew, not being a fan. And I don't know about you, Aaron, obviously, maybe not having seen it. I've read all the books, million but times. Like, I'm, I'm not okay. a, like, a huge fan. So there's uses of quotes that are directly from the movies and the, the books that were angering, very important quotes Mm. said by characters later on in very important scenes that they took to just try and stab us in the heart. Then there's use of music during when you see Hogwarts and when you have different um, well, I'll yeah, say there's scenes where it's fan service the Hogwarts one I got but there's one when say uh, suitcases explode suitcases are exploding when there's literally using scenes from the Harry Potter movies and the music from the Harry Potter music and it movies I should say and it was just I could tell it was them trying to be like look it's whimsical and fun like in this movie and then there's the fact that McGonagall is in this movie when she's meant to be like four years old and it's spitting in the face of anyone who's actually a fan of the Harry Potter and Wizarding World because we know that we know that she's meant to be like four years old at this time because otherwise that means that during the Harry Potter movie she's meant to be like 95 during the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone it doesn't make any sense and but they're, what they're doing is they're taking it and they're shoving it down our throats to try and be like, please, please, please like us. Please like this horrible, horrible thing we've done. And it's not working because they <laughs> did that all throughout the marketing as well. I don't know if you guys, well, I know you haven't seen it, Aaron, but Andrew, the trailers, the, all the trailers were literally like, hey, remember how much you love the Wizarding World? Remember how much you love Harry Potter? Most of the trailer is just clips from the Harry Potter movies and then like footage from the Wizarding World theme park. And then there's like 30 seconds at the end for the actual movie because they knew what they've done and what they're trying to fix. And it it didn't work because this stupid movie is so convoluted and just let it die. I don't want it anymore. Just, <laughs> okay, okay, Alice, we Alice, uh, we'll talk place. you down here with Alice. All right, okay. <laughs> okay. I can I can be more I just needed to get that out. No, I no, no, that's fine. I, I imagine there's more to come. Uh so far though, this feels uh forgive me if I'm wrong, but this feels very personal. Like this this feels like this is one of those things where there's a lot of projection going on. Like you are assuming motives for a lot of what you're saying, and those motives are crucial to why you hate it. So like you know, there there is there there's not a lot of talking about like what why the movie doesn't work for you. There's a lot of so far, and I totally get it. I'm a fan of things mm-hmm. too. I know how it can be, but so far it's like 
I see you trying to make me like this and I'm not going to fall for it. And it's like, well, yeah. but it's so blatant. It's so, but and it's not blatant I enough that I picked up on it. Like, you know, no, but everyone I know who's a deep, deep core Harry Potter fan like me feels exactly the same way as me because it didn't work, but I will be more measured. Okay. I just had to get that out. And oh I no, you don't have to be because... more measured. You can say whatever you want to say out. This is I mean, great podcasting. Like... I'm loving this. Okay, good, good. Because or, the reason I say let it die is because I think the main issue with this trilogy so far and what is meant to be five movies, but we'll see if that happens, is I think that this would have worked if it had been a Fantastic Beast movie or if it had been a series or if it had been a series about the whole Dumbledore Grindelwald struggle. Mashing them together gives it this weird, unbalanced tone that ultimately comes out in this insanely convoluted story that they try to sweep under the rug by literally having a plot point be about, oh, it's confusing on purpose, because then they can make it confusing. But that's not to say they didn't do it properly. There's such lazy writing in this movie. For example, huge character set up in the last movie, Nagini, just not not present. They set up this character who we have known in the Harry Potter movies as literally being the personification of evil. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she's a person that got a horrible fate upon her, turned into a snake, and we later know beheaded by Neville. But mm -hmm. we're like, oh goodness, how did she go from being a good person? Because at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, she's a good person to literally being the snake upon whose teat Voldemort sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. And then they just, obviously, they couldn't figure it out either. So she's just not in this or mentioned or anywhere. And that's to say with her as well as, I'll say there's also a, a character turn at the end, which is a very obvious retcon for an intense character motivation flip in the last movie that doesn't make any sense. And it just, that those sort of things are present throughout the entire thing where it's just like, you, could, you couldn't figure out a way to fix it, so you just did it and hoped that we wouldn't notice. Well, we noticed. Anyway, I'll let you guys speak a little bit before <laughs> no, I continue. No, no, it's great. It's great. I just, I don't, I don't know how to respond because I don't see all those things, right? Like, you know, it's not something that necessarily stands out to me. I go to a movie and I go, okay, movie, tell me what you want to tell me. I don't, I don't, you know. For the most part, especially when I'm not tied to a fandom, uh, for the most part, I try to let each movie exist kind of on their own to tell me the story they want to tell me. If they don't want to bring Nagini into this movie, well, why do they have to? Like, you know, it's not like they're, you know, um, but you're seeing it from a bigger picture, right? Like you're seeing it as a fan of the whole universe and you want to know how this, why Nagini was this way and then ended up being this way. But that's not the story they wanted to tell you in this movie. So, like, you know, like, that's their prerogative, right? And But they it's all brought her in and they just... They, she was not set to up to be a major character. She's no, not in the last movie. one. She was set up... <laughs> okay, but it's a sequel, Aaron. You can't just set up a character in the movie before it who's a major character who's meant to be, like, the best friend of Credence, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And she's just gone poof like not even mentioned she's not even mentioned like not even a lazy line of like oh nagini's turned into a snake now or whatever you know there's just she's just not present and they do the lazy line you know with other characters or i'll see the lazy presence with other characters and that was confusing if anything else the whole thing's just confusing it's just i get that they're working off a confused base because i think that jk rowling wrote the original screenplay and then for obvious reasons she didn't continue it and they had to use it i don't know why and they also are working off a confused base because the last movie was so 
cacophonous that they just had to kind of piece it together. It feels very reminiscent to me of the of Rise of Skywalker, where it feels like the filmmakers trying to undo a bunch of stuff that people didn't like in the last one, and instead it just created this like weird imbalanced story that ultimately just left me wanting. And so that's really my main issue is that the plot is so convoluted, it doesn't make sense. The characters I feel like you know, you say obviously Newt's the protagonist, but I on- I honestly feel that's a very strong word because he's not really he's not doing very much for a protagonist, you know, and so and also it's also very predictable as a story. I knew what was gonna happen in the first five minutes, and that's not because I'm a Harry Potter fan. It was so obvious with the way they presented everything, and it just wasn't magical. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, there you go. I'm not happy. Just uh, let it die. Start again. <laughs> Andrew, they have they have destroyed something that Alice loved, and she is in pain. Can you help? Like, uh, you know, what what did you see in this movie? Well, nothing good. Uh, <laughs> so I'm probably just gonna pile on to everything that she just said. Actually, I'm gonna uh, disagree with Alice on one front. Uh, she did. She bought into the romance between Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen. I didn't. I didn't buy into that at all. I like Jude Law and I like Mad Mikkelsen. Specifically, I like Mad Mikkelsen in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Will they please stop recasting Grindelwald? Because you know, first it was Colin Farrell, then it was Johnny Depp, now it's Mads Mikkelsen. It's going to be Jim Carrey next for all I know. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe but, uh, then I'd be okay. Yeah, but honestly, I did not buy into any relationship between these two at all. I felt that it was very forced and that I just wasn't I wasn't buying it. Now, having said that, uh, my biggest issue with this movie is it's is this the last one of the Fantastic Beasts? No, it's, it's meant to be 3 of 5. So the next oh. one the next one is all going to be all about Nagini. Uh, because they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like, Alice needs yeah. some some resolution with Nagini. I don't even care. Let's That's go. Another thing. I don't care about the character. It's just <laughs> weird that they would bring her up at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. So uh, then that kind of makes sense for going for because I thought this was the last one. And I felt like it was lacking a lot of resolutions, which now makes sense that they're not resolving a whole bunch of stuff like with the Ezra Milda character or mm-hmm. um, with, uh, is it Goldstein, Tina Goldstein? Tina Goldstein. Yeah. Like this, will they, won't they, they probably <laughs> won't because they're never on screen together anymore. Sort of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what is, what is holding this r- romance together if they're never together? The you fact know? that JK Rowling said that they're married. <laughs> In real, yeah. like in the Wizarding World histories, yeah. you know. Um, so that's that's what's holding them together. <laughs> Jessica Williams, who plays Lolly, mm. has one of the worst British accents I've ever heard somebody try and pull off. Was that British? I thought she was doing transatlantic American. I, it felt like she was trying to do a proper British accent whenever I was watching. I'm like, oh, this is it's not good. Aaron, what did you hear her say? I didn't notice any problem with her accent. Uh, okay. I I I thought she, I thought she was American. Uh, I will tell you that, but I didn't notice any kind of like issue with it. It, it sounded mm. like it's yeah. It sounded if 
I'd have Maybe to listen it's more again, like but it, Catherine Hepburn, you know, yes, the, yeah. yes, transatlantic. Yeah, that, that's, like, yes, sort of that's like, exactly what. Hey, what do you think about that? See, like yeah. that sort of, which was it is kind of weird because she's the only one doing it, but mm-hmm. I think she yeah. was doing it. Yeah, yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just a lot of this stuff and maybe it's my unfamiliarity with this with this, you know, this grand, I don't even know how you would describe the vastness of this wizarding world universe, you know. What would you even call it? The wizard universe, the wizard verse, cinematic they call it the wizarding world. It the wizarding world. world. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the vastness of this wizarding world, there is so much information to consume that i think if you're somebody like me who doesn't consume that information these movies all three of these fantastic beast movies have been incredibly confusing they've been very very confusing Mm -hmm. because i think that they and and i don't see anything wrong with this you know i think aaron you talked about this whenever we were talking about uh Sonic, uh, whenever you reference the uh, the World of Warcraft movie, mm-hmm. you know, how it's a movie made for fans, or you may have said it about this franchise, I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it's a movie made for fans and they don't bother, uh, you know, hand-holding anybody through it. Like, characters are introduced, we're supposed to know who they are already f- through previous knowledge. We're supposed to have a general understanding of spellcrafting, spellcasting, and uh, I don't. Th- I think that I'll say this, and uh, and this is kind of tangential. I think that this franchise would be better served if there was a more set in stone, possibly more well delivered rule set for how magic works. You know, because whenever I'm watching this movie and this franchise, it just seems like if they can think of it, then they can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and. It's well, kind of what I like. That's kind of what I was talking about. How how I like is just kind of like, I just give myself to that. I'm like, show me the next thing you want to, cool thing you want to show me. It, it it can be cool, but at the same time, it it can feel like you know just a a, a get out of jail free. Card oh sure, of course, sort of a thing. Oh yes, absolutely. And that's yeah. my main issue with it because I I'm never you know I don't know what the stakes are because I don't know what everybody can do. Mm. So, like, my level of, like, fear or, of you know, fear or, you know, dread that Grindelwald's going to get away with this, which I, I know, you know, tangentially with the style of story, you know, bad guy, bad guy can't win in this world, you know, sort of a thing. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, for all I know, know these people are gods. And if they want to do something, then they can do it, you know. And I have no understanding of people's limits like i hate i hate making this this uh this comparison but if you look at the mcu you look at iron man versus thanos during that big fight i'm worried because yes tony stark is incredibly smart and he has amazing technology but he's a human i know his limits Whereas Thanos, I know, is a titan. He has, and I'm not even using, you know, previous knowledge that I have of reading comic books or anything. I think that the movies themselves did a good job of letting us, the audience, know this is what this person can do. This is what this person can do. So whenever I have that knowledge, I can set myself in either one's position and understand the stakes and the, uh, the dangers that each person is in. And that's 
been my major issue with Wizarding World as a whole for a very long time. I never knew how powerful. Uh, Who's the who's the main main bad guy in the original Grim- Harry Voldemort? Uh, Voldemort, yeah. Um, that that lets you know how much I don't know about this franchise. I never knew how powerful and Andrew Voldemort needs was. to do a rewatch. <laughs> no, please. Um, but I never knew how powerful Voldemort was. I never knew how powerful Harry Potter was. I got the sense that Dumbledore was possibly one of the most powerful just because he was really old and he was the head of the school. So his title gave me an idea of his abilities you know uh but as, uh, other than that you know i was fairly uh lost mm-hmm. that's my tangent and I, I think that alice's tangent was more personal whereas mine is a whole lot more general yeah like my overall issues with the wizarding world as a whole i i don't disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying the only thing i would push back maybe a little bit is the idea that this plot is convoluted um it feels very simple to me. I, I, I maybe you're talking about like branches of the plot that are mm. also being where the main the, the main steps taking to get to the yeah I yeah. think that's where yeah because the yeah. main the main plot is fairly simple and I actually really like it. Stop and, Batman. And <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm talking Stop about Water the, Horse. the 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 yeah. yeah the antagonist plot. I'm talking about Grindelwald's motives and plot and what he is doing. I think it's fairly well laid out. I think it's, uh, you know, it communicated to us well. I never felt confused. I never, I always knew where we were. I knew what everybody was trying to do. Um, I just, you know, so that that part of it doesn't ring quite true to me. That wasn't my experience. My experience, I never felt confused during this movie. Um, mm. I, I always felt like I understood what the goals were and what needed Good to happen. You. And <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. I, maybe and, and maybe I just clicked wrong. for some reason, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It wasn't that I like I wasn't confused personally. It was more it wasn't me going like what? It was more me going like why? Mm. Why is all this happening? This is stupid. Like and and I agree. Sure. I think the actual plot at its center was super simple and I knew exactly what which is why I knew exactly what was going to happen. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it was at predictable. Every point. Mm-hmm. But the way of doing it, I feel like they were they did it in a way that they tried to make it more adventurous and fun and whimsical, and instead it just made me not want to be in the movie theater. <laughs> like, it just was just kind of like, oh, okay, now this is happening. Oh, okay. I had a moment of levity during the swivel moment. And, you know, yes, I enjoy seeing magic happen too because I love Harry Potter and mm-hmm. magic is cool and I wish I was a witch, you know. But mm-hmm. it even the way the magic happens, and again, yes, I... I completely understand I'm coming from a huge fan perspective. So my opinion is my lived experience will be if you are a Harry Potter fan, this is probably what you're going to feel. And I'm so sorry for you. If this you is go Alice's to it. Dark Tower moment. This is my, yeah, yeah. Sure, my sure. dark tower. Actually, it's funny because the last movie was my dark tower moment, and this is like they made a sequel just well, to hurt me. No, no, no. <laughs> one, one of the one of the many reasons we love having you on the show, Alice, is your fandom. You are one of my favorite fandom people. You really invest yourself in the things that you love. That's a lot of fun. I love it's it when people passion. love things deeply. I love that Thank passion. You. So. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Any anything else you guys want to say before we move on? Mm, no post credit scene. No, no post credit scene. Just just get just. Uh, if if I was the person in charge, which I should be, but it, that's another story. 
it <laughs> this is what I would do. I would just pretend this never happened. They wrapped it up. They um, Going back to your earlier point, Andrew, I think what they did is they wrapped it up in a way where it's like, in case they don't get greenlit for the fourth one, it kind of wrapped up. But in case they do, they can obviously still continue the story. I think just leave it. And then if they really want to do a prequel, they should do the prequel that everyone has been asking for since the third movie came out, which is, um, and this is really, again, it's a fandom thing, but there's the Marauders. So the story of Harry Potter's parents when they were at school. So that includes James Lilly, Sirius Black, Ramus Lupin, and then also Snape. That is a whole history that was mostly cut out from the movies just because of time and, you know, obviously because there was a different story we had to focus on. But it is a story with a lot of depth, a lot of potential. And it would also, I think, solve your issue, Andrew, of it would help kind of re-explain the steps because they ultimately were at school. And so there was there's that kind of setting again. And so I think if you really want to do something, do that. Honestly, as a TV show, I think this would be great as a series. And then just wait like 20 years and then redo Harry Potter as a TV show. So you can include all the stuff that got cut out. That, to me, is the way it makes sense to continue the Wizarding World and bring all the fans back. (laughs) There you go. Hire Alice. That's all I have to say. Hire Alice as your chief creative. Let Alice be the Kevin Feige of the the Harry Potter world and just move on. Now, I I knew that Fantastic Beasts obviously was, you know, a prequel to the Harry Potter with Mm. Dumbledore being as young as he is. Does the, uh, the Harry Potter's parents take place during these events here? No, no, this was the 20s. <laughs> They're not that old. They, I don't know. It, I don't know how long wizards <laughs> live. I don't know how time works. I mean, if, they're just if, like normal you, you people. You say that like you say that like I'm an idiot, but Jude Law is in his 50s in this movie. How old is he well, going to be? Okay, when- <laughs> Dumbledore's the exception because he had a little bit of elixir of life from Nicholas Flamel. But it, normally wizard, wizards and witches age See? at the same rate come on, as humans. You so know the elixir of life has- thing. Come on, come on. Yeah. You knew all about the... It would have been like the 80s freaking like 70s, moron. 80s. <laughs> God, why do you right, right, bother waking up? All right, why do you bother before we head on to the best ever challenge, uh, a reminder that you can become a Sif Pop member and uh, hear more of this amazing passion on your own bonus podcast in your own podcast feed. Uh, this week, uh, Andrew caught us up on his opinions on the two movies we talked about last week, Ambulance and Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, I really some, wish we got to spend some time talking about it everywhere. Yeah, we talk most of the time about Ambulance, ambulance obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, some really great additional uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once conversation in the Members Only pre-show. If you're interested in checking that out, and even more than that, just kind of supporting what goes on here and at the website, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash sifpop. And a huge thank you ahead of time uh, for doing that for us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Best ever strange animal movies. We already talked about how this is a really broad category. Um, we will go from number five to number one. Um, I will kick us off, and I will just say I kind of tried to limit myself to actual, like, fantastical creatures. Me like, too. you know, not just the fact that, you know, this is a different kind of horse, you know, or or whatever, you know, it's just like yeah. it's it's, you know, actual weird fantastical creatures. Um, and so in at number five, um, like you don't have you don't have Clint Eastwood with an orangutan in a, in a semi truck. Correct. Five people correct. But I wouldn't veto with... that. I get it. Like, you know, yeah. make the category work for you. Totally understand it. Um, but I went uh, with Avatar at number five. Ooh. I'm getting so super excited. Super, super, super pumped for the Avatar movies. I, I really hope James Cameron. Uh, is going to do some mm. really incredible visual world building. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he has for Aaron, us. Aaron, definitely try and skip the trailers for Multiverse of Madness because they've confirmed they're going to show the Avatar 2 trailer in front of that movie. Oh, so. okay. Have they now? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I was thinking about Avatar and a lot of the, you know, creatures from the other world. I think of the, you know, the the weird, like, uh, floaty umbrella creature like jellyfish yeah like the jellyfish that i saw um i really really loved um so yeah there's there's a lot of of cool stuff there and i I really do like avatar so yeah that was my Mm. number five good one uh alice what about you yeah i tried to limit myself as well because to be honest every disney or pixar movie could be in this category so i allowed myself one disney slash pixar movie and i allowed myself one other major franchise but i also the rest i just went on instinct because Mm -hmm. if i thought about it too much like i said my list would we would have been here for a very long time so i went instinct with the top five and then i just wrote down a bunch i could think of and then i just was like that's enough walk away and so that's what (laughs) i did so number five i've got and this might get trumped or might not actually the princess bride nope no i didn't i didn't consider the i like i thought about the yeah it's just that they're big big rats rats. and so yeah i didn't quite think of it again will not yeah Will not uh, shrieking veto yeah. it. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a good yeah. choice. Or the Wally I mean, Sean. Wally Sean is a weird animal. <laughs> <laughs> True. Or Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah. And his Half wife. Storm in the castle. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I think that like it's you know you don't really have rats that could kill you mm-hmm. in, like that. Oh, I, I yep. don't I don't think there are. I could be wrong. And I live in Australia where we do have other things that can. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to go to New York. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh, actually though, yeah, my friends always tell me about that when they've been to New York, and I'm like, that sounds horrific. Um, but back to Princess Bride, I love this movie. I think most people love this movie. It's whimsical. Yeah. It stands up really well. Uh, gosh, what is it? Like 40, fi- almost 50, is it 50 years later? And it was the 80s. So 40 mm-hmm. years later, it's so exciting and just a great watch. It's, it's wholesome. It's told as a full whole. Um, the performances are great. The story's great. I'm not going to say anything that people haven't said before, but well, Princess Bride's late 80s. Late 80s. There you go. So, yeah, I think if you're maybe in a younger generation and you haven't gotten around to it yet, I would definitely recommend checking it out. And, you know, some maybe sometimes, especially if you're like, oh, it's old, I don't want to watch it. Just ignore that. Just watch it anyway. It's really, really good. Um, And, yeah, it's just a really nice fantasy story. And there aren't enough of those. So uh, that's my number five. Absolutely. Uh, I did put a. I did put a well picture. Played, Aaron. I did well put a picture in our uh, in our comments of <laughs> capybaras. Yeah, but they're so chill. They wouldn't kill you. They're just kind of no, like looking at you that's and true. then keep walking by. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody R O U S S. Yes, they are rodents of unusual size. However, they will they not. Uh, they will not kill you. Uh, that's true. That's true. All right, uh, we will go to Andrew. Uh, what is your number? Five. My number five. Well, let's go with Big Fish. Oh, Trump. it's Trump. Oh, it's nice. Trump. It's Trump. I'm glad it's Trumped. Uh, all right, we'll go on to our number fours. Uh, in at number four for me is the Fifth Element. Um, some interesting creatures in that one. Specifically, I'm thinking about oh, that that creature that has alien. like the trunk and is like multicolored. Yeah. And I yeah. forget what the creature's name yeah. is, but this is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's just it is one of those fantastical sci-fi movies that uh, it just it tweaks something in me that I hadn't seen elsewhere. You know, there just seemed to be an imagination there, uh, and I I really enjoy it. So yeah, Fifth Element is um one of my faves. So that's yeah. my number four. Gary Oldman is definitely a strange creature. He is absolutely <laughs> a strange creature. Alice, what do you got at number four? This is where I have big fish. Oh, so, oh talk nice. about it. Yeah, I, I, I adore this movie. I have yeah. watched it as a kid when it first came out. I honestly kind of think it's almost Tim Burton at his best. Um, you know, doing his whimsical, crazy thing, but in a way that is really wholesome. I also love Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors, so... I'll watch anything and everything he's in. And again, similar to Princess Bride, it's very like wholesome. It's I love the like metaphorical nature, the familial, Mm -hmm. you know, metaphor behind it. And it's just such a nice story of beautiful vignettes and what it means to just be a person who lives with a vivid imagination. And as a person who also is like that, not to the point that the main character is, although, you know, talk to me when I'm about to die, but um, (laughs) we'll see what my mind does then. But it's just, it always makes me smile, this movie, and the the big fish at its centre- uh, yeah, it makes me smile, it makes me cry, and it makes me be like, oh, that was nice. That That's one of these movies. And I think it's a cult favorite, but again, if it's been missed, like, it's just such a lovely movie, and I really do recommend it. And everyone in it is fantastic, and the story's fantastic. 
Andrew, you had it at number five. Anything to add? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. Whenever we do these best ever challenges, I always find myself as I'm making the list, I'll like pick one movie. It doesn't even have to be the number one movie, but I'll go back and I'll rewatch it. And Big Fish was the one that I went back and rewatched yesterday. And gosh, Albert Finney, man, mm. he's just the best. Yeah, and it, yeah, uh, I'll compare this movie to the uh, the uh, Harry Potter franchise. It, you might be confused a little bit, but give me some rope here. Um, I think that this movie does a better job of con, you know, what's the word here? Uh, conveying, you know, magic to people, you know. I know it tries to put it in a more real world sense that, you know, the imagination and like, a, 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 you know, a wandering mind itself is magic, you know. But at the same time, like, I, I, I would walk away from this movie believing in magic more than I would like a Harry Potter movie, just because I think that there's mm. more heart behind this than like a Fantastic Beasts movie, you know, like. But I, I, would... I also almost feel that this movie's about, you know, the magic of, of the real, you know, the magic that mm. you can find in your real life. Like you can't yeah, cast ha- a spell in your real life, but you can experience something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just, you can't cast a spell in your real life. You don't know about yeah. me. <gasps> yeah. I got TiVo, man. I got a remote. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what it, yeah. But actually, 100% else, you know, it's like you, you see somebody tall and, you know, you it, with the magic of your imagination, they're now a giant. Or you see yeah. somebody, you see a very hairy Danny DeVito and you're like, oh, that's a werewolf, you know? <laughs> you know, you know, just the, the power of the magic in imagination is incredible. And how that is you know, conveyed from father to son, you know, like one being a very literal person. And, you know, he's like, I just really want you to experience the magic that I've felt my whole life. And gosh, that ending gets me every single time. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, What's your number four, Andrew? My number four, let's go all the way back to 1954. Ooh. With Godzilla. Oh, oh yes, yeah, that'll work. That is a strange. This is a horror creature. movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in case you guys don't know this, I always found this to be a fascinating fact. I like to share with people. After World War II, uh, whenever Jap- Japan was under American control, you know, um, specifically when it came to film entertainment, um, it was strictly forbidden to do any films that had any propaganda that was anti-nuclear war. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to do any nuclear war propaganda. Right. So the way that they made, you know, they went around it is they made Godzilla, who is supposed to be an analogy for, you know, mm-hmm. atomic destruction. He yeah. is and you know, and it would take a great sacrifice uh, to stop, stop this uncontrollable power. Now, going all the way from 1954 to how Godzilla has evolved, I guess you could say, over... And I'm not using that as a pun of him actually mm-hmm. evolving. But, you know, the the story arc of him just being a giant kaiju who, you know, fights other giant kaiju mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And just an awesome monster movie. But that first movie was trying to say something. The first, God, first Godzilla back in 1954 is a horror film. It is a horror film that is done unlike any other horror film mm-hmm. since, I think. Yeah. One of Good my choice. favorite movies. Good oh, I should say this. Yeah, all my top five are in my top hundred movies of all time. Oh, nice, so. nice. I think mine are too. Um, nicely done. Uh, all right, let's move on to our number threes. Uh, I have Galaxy Quest. 
uh, at number three. Um, it was my number six. That was my yeah, number six. Yeah, I just see Tim Allen fighting that lizard pig or whatever that that thing yeah, is. Yeah, the pig and, lizard. <laughs> the pig lizard. Uh, so yeah, I'm I re- doing all right with the pig lizard. <laughs> this movie is so funny. This is one of those movies that I never hesitate to recommend to people. Like it doesn't almost mm-hmm. doesn't matter who it is. I'm just like, just watch Galaxy Quest. You're gonna have so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, so yeah, Galaxy Quest is a ton of fun. Um, really kind of the birth of Buzz Lightyear in some ways, um, is, you know, in that movie. Um, did, so. uh, did Galaxy Quest come out before the first Toy Story? I don't think it did. Was it? Yes, Toy sure. Story came out in 95. Well, great question. Great question. <laughs> Everybody No, you're right. Quest, Galaxy Quest was 99. Uh, yeah. so yeah, the birth of Buzz Lightyear was actually in 1995, uh, with Toy Story. And then Galaxy <laughs> Quest was a further exploration, uh, of that. Uh, well, you know, good call, good call, Buzz Lightyear in and of itself, in and of himself, is you know an amalgamation of so many different space mm-hmm. characters yeah, throughout yeah, cinema. Totally. totally. But, Anyways, uh, love Galaxy Quest. Uh, check yeah. it out if you haven't seen it. What's your number three, Alice? My number three is speaking of Harry Potter. Let's go to a good one. I <laughs> again could say the entire franchise, but I'm going to focus in on what many people consider to be the best, which is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pick your poison with your strange creatures. You got werewolves, you got rats that are magic, you got dementors, you got hippogriffs, but mm-hmm. it's the movie is excellent. It is fantastic and it is a great interpretation of the third book with beginning unlike the first two that were pretty much carbon copies of the books this one t- took the third book and kind of made it its own thing alfonso cuaron really decided to kind of put in his own style and it helped evolve the franchise and i honestly think it kind of helped create the franchise into what it ended up being and allowing it to become as memorable as it was because they weren't Mm. feeling as stuck within the pages of the books anymore because with any adaptation it is about taking what is there and then doing it in a way that is honorable and honoring that text but doing it in a way that translates well on screen Mm -hmm. and I think it's that perfect middle and I think Alfonso Cuaron we all know now what a fantastic director he is um and so he took that and really made it his own. And the color, the color palette, you know, the way the characters start to wear, even wear clothes. And I will say the werewolf transformation scene is one of the greatest ones. It looks so painful to watch. And I've mm-hmm. never seen a werewolf transformation scene and gone, oh, that sounds horrible. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be uh, a werewolf. You need to see American Werewolf in London. <laughs> I own it. I haven't seen it yet, but. That one, as a kid, my Achilles heel still feels it because there's the bit where it focuses on his feet Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's just so fantastic. It's Harry Potter. If you've seen it, you've seen it, but it's a really good (laughs) one. I didn't know. I didn't realize you were a Harry Potter fan. You should have said something earlier when we were talking about Fantastic Beasts. I had to mention one. Way to bury the lead, Alice. Yeah, really. Why did you hold on to that? Uh, Andrew, what is your number three? Uh, I, I uh, I guess we haven't technically. We've used aliens you know like spacefaring creatures in Mm -hmm. in other ones so yeah let's go with aliens Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um the queen xenomorph is still one of the most horrifying yet incredibly well-crafted creatures in the history of cinema um xenomorphs themselves just the creature design on them Right up there with the predator you know it's just one of the most unique Mm -hmm. and recognizable you know, alien species. 
So, yeah, xenomorphs are, like, the bane of nightmares for so many people. Uh, I, 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 we've, Aaron and I have said this before, we actually like aliens more than alien. Both are amazing in their mm-hmm. own right. I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I love alien. It, it, it took off unlike anything else. But I think aliens, you know, is where you really get to see Ripley come into her own as the queen of BAs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love Aliens so much. It's great. I, I, it. I will also say, I didn't mention this, I eliminated from my selections horror movies. Um, I just, there's so many strange creatures in oh, okay. in horror movies. And yeah. so, you really like, put limits on yourself. I really did. I, I, for whatever reason, again, it's just such a broad category. But yeah, Aliens is, is an incredible movie and certainly would have been at least in my honorable mentions. Uh, all right, let's go to our number twos. Um, I put up here and I, mm. up is it's really that bird that just really yeah. uh kevin right uh kevin. Yeah. and doug uh, you can uh, say he's i strange. mean doug is a dog Hi. yeah i mean i know he talks Squirt. but that's a that's a dog but but kevin is <laughs> that's is the machine that makes him talk yeah right yes exactly it's a strange machine not a strange animal uh but uh i've talked about up plenty everybody knows i'm a pixar fan um but man best first 10 minutes in movie history um and <laughs> Gosh. Uh, and then it just it continues on from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this my... movie arrivals you at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. I, I, I turned it, does. it on its head. Everybody yeah. always you could say that. Ups you. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. I was going to say, yep. Uh, Alice, what is your number two? I see your Pixar and I raise <laughs> you Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. So, because rats don't cook so he's a very strange <laughs> you creature that. <laughs> i would I love won't veto it. it i won't veto it i would it. love it but I, I ratatouille i don't know why it i never say it's my favorite pixar movie but i feel like it's the one that lives most in my heart mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's its portrayal of food and cooking or the story at its center or the music I think it's honestly probably got my favorite music in all of pixar mm-hmm. but it is something wow. that It's just so, like, the music's so melodic and beautiful, and I just find myself humming it all the time. And the story at its center is something that I I always enjoy watching it, every single time. I literally watched it a few months ago, and I was seriously Mm -hmm. considering watching it again last night. And then I forced myself to, I mean, forced myself is a strong word, but I forced Mm -hmm. myself to watch Inside Out because I felt like watching a Pixar movie. But I just needed to watch something different, and... I don't know. I just there's something about it. It just hits me right in my center, and I feel like I'm saying that a lot with the, this these movies. But I guess strange creatures. They maybe that's my mm-hmm. niche. Who would have known? <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, Ratatouille is great, and I love food, and I love Pixar. So well, you Alice, know, uh, <laughs> I will say no more than this. Uh, Ratatouille is in the c- cultural consciousness right now, and you may know why soon. Mm. Um, but. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but that's all I'm going to say. So we are on to <laughs> that look. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That look means I didn't give anything away, and that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're on to Andrew's number two. Yeah. How about a foreign language film, guys? Okay, how about Ooh. it? There are strange creatures Pan's, in those. Uh, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> as soon my as you said that, I was like, lang- oh, yeah. yeah. My favorite foreign <laughs> language film of all time. Um, gosh, I love, I love Guillermo del Toro. Um, yeah, the... 
I know this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but if I'm comparing this to the <laughs> Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I think that this movie does so much better job of conveying the wonder and the mysteriousness of magic and stuff. Um, no, I think that um, as far as like a you know a fantastical movie, I think that Guillermo del Toro has really carved out a little spot for himself that is solely and uniquely his. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Pan's Labyrinth, you look at uh, or uh, I almost said Lady in the Water, but no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> wrong one. Um, you look at Hellboy. You look at uh, just he. Was a Crimson Peak even? You know, he has a, mm-hmm. a way of creature design, and maybe it's his uh, his adamance for using practical effects that is kind of like a foregone mm-hmm. thing that you don't really see in a in a cinema anymore. Uh, creatures in this movie are, can be beautiful; they can be mysterious; they can be terrifying. The 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 Skin Man who has the eyes. Oh on his my hands. God! Don't one of the speak most, to me about him. One of the most horrifying, <laughs> you know, creature designs ever in cinema. I had nightmares um, after I saw that movie the first oh, time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Ophelia, yeah, I, I think that she's an amazing character, and I have to look up his name. It's uh, Sergei Lopez who plays Victor. He's the uh, kind of like the uh, the the captain, you know, of this. Uh, it's in Italy, so it's not uh, it's not German, but a Nazi esque, you know, very dictatorial, you know, you know Mussolini, yeah, Mussolini esque, yeah, mm. type character, and uh, he is an amazing, an amazing villain, and you know, you you have this side story with the rebels and stuff, which can you know, in any other movie would feel like you know, it's just a you know, a, a chance to bring you back to reality from all this fantasticalness, but it's actually just as captivating. It can be just as captivating as the fantastic world that Ophelia finds herself in. So all around, it is a incredibly well-written, well-directed, well-acted movie. I love it. I am not here to yuck anyone's yum, so we will move on to our number <laughs> ones. <laughs> Aaron's allowed to be wrong. That's right. Don't forget, right. he thinks he thinks that uh, Secrets of Dumbledore is the greatest movie greatest movie ever, ever made. made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. number totally, one of the year. Totally. Yeah. yeah. How could you ever trust any of my opinions? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about our number ones. I'm going with Empire Strikes Back uh, at number one oh. um, with the Tauntauns and. Man, there, Empire is one of those movies that I don't know how to separate it from my childhood. Like I don't, like I don't understand. Like Star Wars, I can. It was almost early enough. Like Star Wars came out when I was like one, so you know, like I can separate Star Wars out a little bit as something I didn't really experience. But when Empire Empire came out, man, I was just that we recorded it off of television and I wore the snot out of that VHS and it was just, you know, embedded in me that opening Hoth planet uh, scene. And I just, everything about it is in my brain space. Um, It was your Harry Potter. Yes. When Star Wars absolutely was my Harry Potter. Um, So did the first Harry Potter come out when you were one? Is that uh, no? Is, but I just oh, okay. mean in how it <laughs> defined my childhood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the book. The book came out when I was two. Well, there you counts. go. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, anyways, uh, many people have talked about Empire Strikes Back enough. Um, so we can continue on. Alice, what is your number one? I started in the eighties. I'm ending in the eighties. I'm going with Labyrinth because yeah. 
That nice. is another film that defined my childhood that is not a franchise. Um, so much so that my partner is called Toby and he was named after the character in Labyrinth. I think I've mentioned oh, wow. that before on a podcast. But yeah, the, the, the little boy in Labyrinth. You got to name your Labyrinth. partner? <laughs> no, <laughs> it just amazing. so happened. I know, would you believe? He's but like, um, he's no, like, it was just such a Bill, strange But I was just like, nope, you're Toby. <laughs> well, Aaron, you say that, but uh, do you remember Jareth, who we've had on the show yeah, a couple sure. times? Yeah, yeah, he was he was named after David Bowie's character in Labyrinth. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And I find it so interesting that his mum was like, no, Jareth is weird, but Toby is a reference that I will know. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, so his name is Toby because of the little brother, Toby, in in the movie. And so I didn't even, like, when I found that out, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so exciting because I watched Aww. Labyrinth so much because my mum was a, is, is a huge David Bowie fan, as am I, grew up on him. And so Labyrinth was a mainstead in our house. And nice. I've had nightmares of the opening scene where all the goblins are all in the, oh, like, one... Oh, crammed oh, together. Watching that as a five-year-old will change you. That's just... It'll it'll change your brain, and then you'll never be the same, and you'll end mm-hmm. up like me. So, but it is just such a great, crazy portrayal of Jim Henson's brain, and I love it so, so much. And I, I'm so glad it's become such a cult, like, success again. Obviously, mm-hmm. it wasn't successful when it first came out, and then it now is, has this fandom and this love behind it. And, yeah, it's just... Again, a great showing of how practical is always better if you can do it because it holds up so much more. And David Bowie is such a great Jareth. And so much so, you don't really question that a 37-year-old man is trying to hook up with a 15-year-old Jennifer Connelly. You just let it yourself go with it. And then you <laughs> become you an adult though? and you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> when you're an adult, you're like, that's kind of weird. Hmm. But I love the music and that's the movie. <laughs> Plus magical <laughs> creatures along the way. So... Yeah, nice. Labyrinth. Uh, right. Andrew, what is your number one? Well, you guys had your animated movies earlier on. It's time for mine. You chose to go with Pixar. I'm going with Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Let's go with Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. Great. Now, people are wondering, like, why didn't you have Star Wars or why didn't you have Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Those are the limits I put on myself. I'm like, I'm sure that people know my love, you sure. know, Legion for those movies by now. Um, yeah, those would have been my number one and my number two, so just move everything out. But <laughs> I felt like I really wanted to give these movies a shout-out. I'm breaking the rules of Sif Pop here. Uh, How's Moving Castle is my favorite Miyazaki film. I think it's the one where, actually, I think that if you were to go and find the actual English dubbed one, it's a whole new experience because the cast for the English dub, is crazy. Christian Christian Bale, Bale, Billy Crystal. uh, I'm I'm not going to list everybody. But uh, (laughs) it's it's so well done. And I think that it adds, you know, a a level of calmness, really. It's a weird word to use, but I think that Christian Bale's, you know, his, you know, interpretation of how, um, and the way he's just very calm, you know, and he's, Yes, mysterious, but there's also just a a safeness to him mm-hmm. that a uh, that that a voice can convey over the actions that have already been you know established. Yeah, you know that's the power of voice acting. You have to be able to convey a, an emotion you feel over you know something that somebody else has already animated. Uh, the visuals to this day stand up. It's a Miyazaki movie, so if you're unfamiliar, you're in for a wild, weird ride you might not understand the first time. 
But the uh, if I'm going to compare this to Fantastic Beasts, you know, I think that this movie does a so much better job <laughs> of conveying. You need to no. stop. You need to stop ripping on the greatest movie of this year. Uh, I really do. I really, really do. I'm not really giving it to. as just deserve, but uh, uh, all right. But, uh, there no, you go. I love. I love it. There's our top five uh, honorable mentions. I'll throw to you first, Alice. Do you have any? Yes, I mean I, I know do, there's. And I know there's so many. Maybe keep it so to many. five. Hundred oh, or so. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I like I said, I was just writing them, and I was like, "Oh, I remember, I, I got told off for having eleven, so I'll stop here." You just list one, them. Two, let's three, go. Four, let's go. Five, six, seven, eight. I've got only got eight. I stopped okay. myself. All right, never ending story because Great when choice. I wrote Labyrinth, the never ending story came to mind. Incredibles two for the raccoon. Sure. That was yep. also because I was like, I don't know if that quite counts. Along those same lines, I've obviously I've got Mar- Mary Poppins for the penguins, mm-hmm. Paddington one and two. Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, I and again, similar, I, I feel like I've talked about MCU again, but L- Lizard, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but there's a <laughs> Lizard that is different okay, to other fair lizards. fair enough. Listen, you do um, you. <laughs> I'm not saying Spider-Man's the strange uh-huh, creature. Sure. <laughs> a radioactive um, spider is a very uh, unique creature. Yeah, that's true, but he's not in this one. Um, Mitchell's versus the Machines for the pug, because mm-hmm. that is not a normal pug. Um, uh, but- I don't know. I've, I've known many a pug who are just <laughs> like that Mitchell and Okay, machines. well, still strange. And then similar to Big Fish, I've got Bridge to Terabithia, because I feel oh, very nice. similarly to that movie, uh, to that movie with this movie, and it breaks my heart, and I cry and cry and cry. This is the movie that makes me sob. So... Big Fish is to make you be hopeful with wonder. Bridge to Terabithia is to make you sob with grief. And then finally... I've never seen this. Free the oh, pee. Free so... the pee. Free yeah. the pee. <laughs> Not that bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then finally, um, along the same lines as Godzilla, I've got Colossal. So it's nice. um, such a great movie. Love I Colossal. I remember when I saw that, yeah, it, it hit me. It really hit me, and I, I loved it so much. And so if you haven't seen it... Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway are amazing. You need to watch it. The uh, thing with Colossal is it's so hard to explain to somebody without giving away <laughs> what it's yeah. really about. So people go in with one mindset and mm-hmm. then they're not uh, they're not expecting it. So yeah. it can be kind of jarring. But at the same time, you don't want to spoil it for somebody yeah. because it is such an amazing... Yeah, so, it's really yeah, cl- it's really one of those. Would you just watch this movie kind of movies? Yeah. You know, and go in with don't an make open me explain mind. it. Just watch it. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Watch, just trust yeah. me. <laughs> just trust Andrew. Me. What's yeah. uh, what's your honorable mentions? Well, uh, you guys mentioned all of them except for one, and I know that it's a movie that everybody besides me in the world hates, and that's Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, I would throw in Men in Black, uh, Shang Chi, mm. and mm. Okja mm-hmm. um, are ones that I knew yeah. somebody was going to say Okja. Yeah. yeah. That is the first one that came to my head when I read the email. So. Mm-hmm. There Me you too, go. Actually, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move into the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Uh, if you don't mind, before I get into my buried treasure, I want to do an update to a previous buried treasure. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, or actually, it was a little bit ago. I was saying that I was really intrigued by the show Severance. Yes. Yes. And they just finished the first season. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, oh, this show so is good. amazing. Yeah, it's a home run. So it's a home run. It yeah. is so good. Yeah. Well, this might be my favorite Apple show. 
Yeah, I think it might be my favorite Apple I show. St- I would put Ted Lasso in the conversation, but... Oh, never mind. Ted Lasso is my favorite. I but... also really like Mythic Quest, but... Mythic Quest is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. 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 But this is such this... a unique and intriguing show. Good job, Ben Stiller, on coming up with this amazing idea. And, yeah. Uh, Stiller's to, great. To Adam Scott and to everybody who's mm-hmm. in this, Christopher Walken, I'm John so Turturro. depressed I have to wait a year and a half for season two. I know. I know. <laughs> But so that's good. actually a really great segue into my actual buried treasure. Okay. Oh. My actual buried treasure is the final season of Attack on Titan. Oh. Um, everybody thought that this was going to be like, because they just wrapped up just recently. And everybody's like, wait, that's you didn't wrap anything up. And then they're like, yeah, we did a part one of season four. We did a part two of season four. You know, like how sometimes they break up a season twice, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. There's a part three of season four coming out now. And I'm like, at that point, just do another season, you know, because you're going to have to wait a year and a half for the final part three to come out. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I'm I'm ragging on my buried treasure, you know, because you <laughs> yeah. know, of the way that they did it. But honestly, this is going to go down as one of the best shows of all time, not just one of the best animated shows of all time. It will be one of the best shows ever made. It's one of the most unique the art style is unlike anything ever. The way that they portray eyes in the show is so unique, mm. new, uniquely its own. Um, the Titans themselves are. We were talking earlier about you know like this the skin man from uh, mm-hmm. from Pan's Labyrinth being just a horrific design. I never thought I could see that type of fear and like uneasiness conveyed in an animated sense. But that's what the Titans are. The Titans are just the skin man. They're they're, they're so close to... It's an Uncanny Valley-esque bit of like... that. They're supposed to look human, but there's something off about them. And it's just so well done. The story is so well done. There's season... In season two, I won't give away the actual episode. But there's an episode in season two that I think is one of the greatest episodes of any show ever made. Like top three episodes of any show ever made. nice and uh yeah it, it for those of you out there who are listening you know how good attack on titan is and for those of you out there who have not seen it i say watch it but go in knowing that it's you're not going to binge it because it's a show that makes you uneasy and you don't want to like you you want to watch the next episode but you're also like i need to take a breather that was heavy it's a very heavy show okay a lot of a lot of animes have like you know an episode every now and then this oh that was just a funny one no not there's there's, there's, there's yeah it's an incredibly depressing yeah. but beautifully told story looks like uh, four seasons on hulu if you want to check out uh, attack on titan uh yes. alice what is your buried treasure Yes, yeah, so i flip-flopped a lot on this buried treasure and then oh, i wait, ultimately I didn't go, did i yeah, I you didn't, 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 which is why I was like, oh, Alice goes please last. go. No, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 Alice. Last. You go last. Well, I'm glad right. that I decided to last. preface it then. <laughs> Continue. Uh, no, I just, the reason the reason I forgot to do mine is because it feels very basic. Um, but I've been watching Moon Knight and I wanted to let people know that I'm really enjoying <gasps> it. I didn't so. know if we were ever... buried treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to do an actual review of the show. That's uh, amazing. Uh, I went to you first. 
And then I was like, no, me first. I'm going to talk about Moon Knight. Uh, Alice, you are the guest. I watched the if third you would... episode. Yeah, like, I did too. Like an hour before we yeah. recorded this. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Um, so, Alice, I will let you talk about it since it was no, your no, very No, no, it's okay. Really I've funny. got something else That's I can really talk funny. about. You know what? I'll just jump on your... I have something else I can recommend. So, we do I'm really, have to okay, recommend. Okay, I, I really but... don't have a ton to say other than I'm okay. really enjoying it. It blows my mind so that Oscar good. Isaac and Ethan Hawke are in a Marvel TV show show of all things it's wild to me uh they're I, both great they're, they're both you know great they're neighbors in, in real life that's how oh, that's ethan hawk ended up as the character is because oscar isaac was like i want you to play this character because they're neighbors in real life oh that's fun that's fun um so yeah i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying that so far it seems yeah. pretty disconnected from you know like <laughs> having to easter egg all the marvel stuff um, yeah. you know, nobody's mentioned mm. the blip yet. Um, so like it, like, I like that. I like that. It's just kind of its own thing. I imagine it will play into kind of the, whatever universe that blade's going to be in that they're kind of developing, like the more spiritual kind of, you know, uh, ghosts and, you know, spirits and that kind of thing. Um, Supernatural. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I see. Think also Thor. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, Pantheons. you know, there's, there's a, there's a god element to moonlight and stuff or yeah. moonlight moon night <laughs> you know so anyways so, uh, i'm enjoying it so yeah yeah, yeah. that's so all good. i wanted to say i love it and as a mythology nerd so i'm huge 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 mythology nerd so i know all about ancient egypt and it is giving me giddy giddy nerdy like happiness watching this and nice. in the most recent episode especially i was like ah! things mm-hmm. um so yeah no i'm also really loving it i think it's so fantastic it's so different i wanted to just bring it up as a buried treasure because i feel like if people have marvel fatigue they might skip this one because it doesn't feel as important in the grand scheme of things and i think you shouldn't because it's honestly probably very quickly becoming my favorite of the marvel tv shows yeah sure yeah it's yeah. so good but we'll see uh, where it goes all right i Alice, do have something else <laughs> what is your what is your actual buried treasure um I'm going to recommend a book, um, and I already mm. vaguely mentioned it to you, Aaron, uh, earlier, but it is Creativity, Inc., um, which is the story written, or it's not the story, it's the book written by, uh, would you believe I'm reading it, I can't remember his name, I think it's Ed Catmull, um, he is the uh, the like founder of Pixar, and it's kind of like part memoir, part history, part uh, Ed Catmull, yeah, I was right. Um, yeah, it's part history of Pixar, part memoir, and also kind of like part management book, which I did not expect because I have less than no interest in those kind of books. But we're actually mm-hmm. reading it for my works book club. And so I was like, yeah, I like Pixar. I'll read it. And it's so insightful to me because he peppers in his like theories of business in and around the actual stories of the making of and the creation of Pixar mm-hmm. from the very beginning to when Steve Jobs like owned it to, you know, when mm-hmm. they created Toy Story 2. And now they're speaking about the idea of the brain trust and creativity and inside out and that sort of thing. And it is just a really, first of all, it's a really easy read. So if you're not much of a reader, it's, you can flick through it pretty quickly. Um, but it's also, I've, I haven't read something like this before and I'm really enjoying it. If you really like Pixar, you're going to like it. If you really like memoirs, you're going to like it. If you really like, want to learn more about how to be a good manager or a good person, you mm-hmm. know, who runs an office or a culture of any kind, you would like this book. I really do recommend it. So, and it Very was nice. written in 2014. So anything bef- after that is not included in this book. <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds like the Pixar Moneyball. 
Yeah, it kind of is. It definitely kind of is. Like, and I actually would love a making of Pixar movie. I think that'd be so cool. So there is a documentary called The Pixar Story that you can check mm. out. That's uh, pretty good. But like is an it on actual, Disney Plus? Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's on Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, as far as like a narrative, you know, kind of cast people as the characters, that would be really, really interesting uh, to me. I never watch. I never watch documentaries made by the people that the documentaries about. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes I get sense. it. Uh, Creativity Inc. is a book. I've heard of those. Uh, Moon Knight is on Disney+, Plus, <laughs> and Attack on Titan is on Hulu. Well, congratulations, guys. We managed to Woo. do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, well done. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming and hanging out again today. You know that I think the magic of this podcast, if I'm going to make this comparison, you know, mm-hmm. to the Fantastic Beast movie, I think yes. that the, we really capture what no. real magic actually is. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Real uh, wizard. Thank you, Alice, for coming Woo! by again yeah. to talk Thank movies you. with us. Um, I almost said only, real witch, but that just sounds derogatory. So. Uh, if, if, it is if the correct only, term. If right. only you would care a little bit more about the movies we're reviewing, that would be helpful. Seriously. Um, Sorry for my complacency. <laughs> I just couldn't muster the energy today. Uh, feel free to let people know where they can find you. Yeah, so Ali G Mick, A-L-I-G-M-I-C-H on Letterboxd and Instagram. Find me there. Message me why I'm completely right about Secrets of Dumbledore. I don't want to hear how I'm wrong because I'm not. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, otherwise, in, I'm Love also it. a writer for SiftPop.com and my most recent was the one-stop pop for March, which was The Batman, would you believe? Biggest movie of March. Um, I also wrote the review on Secrets of Dumbledore. So oh, if you no. want Yeah, if you want to read what I said today in hopefully more a more coherent way, you can find that there too. So yeah. Uh, Well, we appreciate you being here. It's always fun when you're around. Uh, Also, really appreciate our Sif Pop members. Thank you for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. If you're curious about it, just go check it out. It's at Patreon.com/slash Sif Pop. You get your own podcast feed for you with bonus episodes and no ads. Uh, Support starts at three dollars a month. You can check out all the different things. Uh, there. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than escaping a blast-ended scroot. Uh, we will be back next week with a couple, um, I, I think they're biographies of Andrew. Uh, yeah. The, the Northman and uh, <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, both sound yeah. like they're, they're about Andrew. They're both so. about me, yeah. So there you go. That's Hopefully that's what we'll have next and week. And we will see you then. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 